From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the New Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. Welcome to the program on this wonderful spring Monday morning. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. You're looking forward to Rosh Hashanah. And uh, we've still got a whole week to go before you have to do in between that. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Later on, we're going to be talking about things that are going on in Iran and Saudi Arabia. Lots of movement uh, on that side of things, which certainly... Should be very, very interesting. But we have, before we get there, our first guest in for the show today. We have Tiffany Markman. She is a copywriter and marketing extraordinaire. But actually, for the purposes of the show, we have her in for her chirologist skills. Um, and if you're not sure what a chirologist is, they could also be called a batologist. She is a... Part-time, although I suspect having seen what she's brought into the studio more than a part-time <laughs> bat lady, she is a big fan of bats, uh, and we actually have bats in the studio, uh, and Tiffany herself. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming Thank to you. join us in High FM. Thanks for having us. Yeah, us. It is us because uh, we have uh, Tiffany and three bats actually in the studio, uh, So, uh, and it's great uh, because, you know, the studio is kind of a bit dark. Uh, and cave-like. So if the the bats actually feel right at home, um, I think. I think it's a bit loud for them. Is it a bit loud? Um, but I do have all three of them in my hand right. at the moment, so right. I'm hoping to... Um, to just calm them down. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. I, I guess your average bat cave is fairly quiet. Uh, and this <laughs> one is not. Tiffany, let's start off with, you know, um, let's put it, put it politely, bats not everyone's uh, hobby. Uh, and uh, what got you into it? Why are you so passionate about them? It started in 2007. My husband and I went on honeymoon to Bali, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, you know, sort of a rose petals and uh, mojitos honeymoon. It was a go to every butterfly park and reptile park and snake park honeymoon. We are we are those people. <laughs> um, and on our way to check out a temple in Ubud, we stumbled across a man who had a large uh, fruit bat um, that he had rehabilitated, and he would charge the tourists however many dollars to feed pawpaw to the fruit bat. And I'd never seen a bat close up, and certainly not one with a one and a half meter wingspan. So I was. Yeah. Th- th- those fruit bats that you're talking about, I've seen pictures of ones like a, the size of a small human, you know, from a length yes, perspective. Like torso size yeah. on me, yeah. So I was completely besotted with this creature. A, a fruit bat's face looks a bit like a dachshund, <laughs> except upside down. Upside down yeah, dachshund yeah, with wings. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. So we, uh, we fed this thing for hours. Um, and fruit bats also eat, <laughs> obviously, upside down, so the pawpaw goes up, not down. It's fascinating. Anyway, that's where it all began, came home, sort of got over myself, but would always look in the sky, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully. Never saw a bat, joined every sort of group you could stalk on Facebook, every bat sanctuary, every rehab organization. And then about 15 years later, well, no, about 13 years later, during the pandemic, I decided, right, the time has come, I'm going to do an apprenticeship and go and volunteer to work with bats. But it was a six-month apprenticeship, and I could only get my hours in on the weekends, and it would have taken me six years. And you had to, like, sweep and mop, and I'll do all that stuff. But, you know, I wanted to actually touch living bats. Right. Um, so I sort of got over that, and then 
the sanctuary that I followed most closely had an influx of pups, pups or baby bats, at the end of 2020. And they need to be fed every two hours. Um, so she had 97 pups and not enough volunteers, and they put out this emergency call for people who weren't afraid. A bat signal. A bat signal. Yes, nicely. The first person who's ever made that joke, and I have heard all of them. Um, and so the six months of training became two hours of training, and I had a baby bat in my hand, and that was three years ago. And I've gone right down the rabbit hole since then. Amazing. Okay, so you, you, you are into bats. People m- actually might not realize how many different kinds of bats we have in South Africa and even in Johannesburg. Maybe give us a, a bit of an idea about what our bat population looks like here in, in the So country. I'm going to go broader than that quickly mm. just to give you context. There's 1,462 bat species globally, um, of which only three are the vampire bats that people are scared of. And right. those are only in South and Central America. We don't right. get them here. Um, Africa and Southern Africa in particular have about 66% of those species with most of them in KZN. Wow. So there are about 45, 46 distinct species here. Yeah, we have a, we have a very, very biodiverse bat population here. Now, if you, in the area of, of the station, you will see actually quite a lot of bats. Uh, anyone who's eaten at Makello's will know there's trees full of them all over the place and, and you see them quite often. Uh, so, so what are the bats that we actually have here in Johannesburg? So the ones that you'll see in urban areas are what we call little brown jobs. The, <laughs> the, the bird people will recognize that. Right. Um, they are usually Cape Serotines, which are also known as Cape House bats or Cape Roof bats. They're actually very, very tiny. Those are the three I have in studio today, but in the sky, because their wings are open, they look much bigger. Mm. And those are the ones that typically live in sort of densely populated human settlements, like, like the suburbs. Um, and it'll probably be those or, me, or free Egyptian free tails, which are slightly bigger. Um, and there might also be African pips. Okay. Pip Australis. So it's usually one of those three. Now you mentioned the fact that you were giving pawpaw to this bat. Yes. Uh, and we, we've heard of, of, of fruit bats. I think people, I mean, I'm assuming that fox bats don't necessarily eat foxes, but. Um, <laughs> They're called flying foxes because they look like, like foxes. foxes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, w- let's talk about what different kinds of bats actually eat. Okay. So predominantly they are insectivorous or insect eating. Mine are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the ones that you'll see in Johannesburg in the burbs are, are insectivorous. Um, the bigger ones, the mega bats, are fruit bats and they eat fruit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they are vegan. Then you have sanguinous bats, which are the blood eating bats uh, in South and Central America. And they, they sort of make little slits in the legs of cattle. And they lick blood out of the slits, and then their saliva contains an anticoagulant that then causes the, the slit to clot. Okay. Um, so those are the ones that eat blood. And then you also have like interesting bats that eat fish. Fish? Yeah, and uh, pollen only. Yes, I've, I've seen, seeds. I've seen, I've, I feel like I've watched a National Geographic where they, they, they're bats are pollinators and they go and. Well, all bats are pollinators, but okay. some eat pollen. Oh, just like for That's breakfast. Okay. For, and for dinner. <laughs> Okay, so you actually, they, they actually eat quite a, a large range of, of different, it's really a, a, wi- a wide variety. And, and in South Africa, mostly insects, uh, is there a Cape fruit bat, I feel? Uh, uh-huh. no, no, there's no. a, there's, there's a lot of different fruit bats. Um, oh, really? but okay. no, there isn't a Cape fruit bat, there's a Cape roof bat. Okay, maybe they eat um, roofs. I don't know. <laughs> so it's usually not what they eat, it's usually where they live, where they live. or what they look like. Okay, so there you go. So we have a lot of different kinds of bats, uh, and we're talking about them today with Tiffany Markman, who is our batologist who's <laughs> in the studio with us. And uh, we are uh, talking about them. So if you have any questions, if, you've, if there's anything you've ever wanted to know about a bat, 
Uh, particularly, we're going to be talking about if you find one, what do you do? That's because that's really important. Uh, and uh, if you're scared about them and whatever, like we know that they we're going to be talking about that. So these all these things we were talking about on about Bass today on the show. So if you want to ask any questions, three four five one nine is the SMS line. If you want to send us a telegram, oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine. That's oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Or you can get us on Twitter. At High FM, and we will be very happy to take your questions. I am Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. And we're talking bats today with Tiffany Markman on the New Blue Review, all about them and why not to eat them. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and it's absolutely uh, fascinating, and she's even brought some into the studio. Um, they're asleep now, uh, because, you know, it is bedtime for bats uh but uh i had a chance to handle them a bit earlier and uh they, it really is a, an extraordinary creature when you get to see them up close so tiffany let's talk about some of the misconceptions that people have you know bats in the hair bats we've already talked about that eat people like <laughs> what are some of the things that you run into when 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 you start talking about bats to people who, who haven't encountered them before the first question i get is aren't you scared you're going to get rabies okay um, which is a, which is a fair question, but let's, let's, let's smash that myth now. Uh, bats actually don't carry rabies. African bats, sorry. So I speak only about African, African bats. bats. Okay. African bats don't carry rabies. They carry rabies-like viruses. And I get that that's a very, very fine distinction. Um, but these two viruses are lissa viruses. They are extremely rare. Um, and in fact, Less than 0.1% of the African bat population has one of those viruses. Okay. In order to get one of those viruses, you would need to go into a cave. So you'd need to be in their home, not in your own, um, and be bitten by, you know, one of the few bats who, who are carrying that. Um, so it is extremely rare for a bat to have a rabies-like virus and extremely rare for a human to be infected. In fact, in the last 100 years in South Africa, there have been three human deaths that can be directly attributed to bats. Wow. Okay. So three in 100 years not a not, not a not, not a big bad. number. No. Um, having said that, they are wild animals. You can't domesticate a bat. You can't have one as a pet. Um, and like with any wild animal, you know, don't hold it with bare hands. Treat it like a hot potato. So mm. like a welding glove or an oven glove or a towel, because if it is afraid or injured or ill, it will bite. And the biting is not problematic. Their teeth are tiny, but one doesn't want to look for trouble. Yeah. Okay. So so don't worry as much about rabies. What about this issue of of, of people are particularly terrified about this idea of a bat getting into their hair. Is that like <laughs> something that happens? It, it'll happen if you're in a cave, okay. right? So if you're in a cave or sort of hiking in a in a very confined area, um, they they might fly through your hair to get away from you okay. because that's the way out. Interesting. But they have absolutely no interest in human hair. They think humans are filthy and disgusting. And compared to them, we are. They are scrupulously clean. And that's another myth that bats are dirty. They can't get airborne if they have even a speck of dirt. So they groom obsessively like cats. And you could feel how silky and soft they are. Uh, they don't want to be in our hair. They don't want to be anywhere near us. They have no interest in us at all. Um, and if a bat lands up in your hair, it's usually because you are in its space right. rather than it being in yours. Um, but having said that, if there's a bat in your house and it's freaking out because it knows it's in trouble, it may sort of fly into your hair by accident. It's really not a thing. That that happens. No, and they aren't blind. So people think the bat can't see where it's going. Bats mm. can see perfectly. Um, they have exceptional hearing, but also very, very good eyesight. Now, what about uh, the – you're you talking about the rabies issue, but what about um, 
parasites or bacteria or something that like mickeys on them. Yeah, fleas or something. I don't know. They don't get fleas uh, because they groom all the time. All the time, and they groom each other. Mm-hmm. And they have different ways of grooming. So a free tail will groom using its thumbs. These serotines that I have will groom using whatever substrate or surface is around. Um, so mickeys and, and little bugs are not really a thing. It's more sort of specific diseases that like the issue. yeah, white nose syndrome and um, wing wasting and and bat specific things that are not you know not a human concern. Now let's talk about this issue of finding a bat. I mean, it has it's happened. Uh, I'm sure in the suburbs to people, uh, there's cats around. Uh, sometimes I think. Uh, in the cold, bats suffer somewhat if they're sick. Um, so, so talk to us about what things might affect a, a bat human engagement here in in the suburbs, and what what to do if you if you actually find one. Okay, so a bat shouldn't be in your house. Um, the only reason a bat would come into your house is if it's in some kind of trouble, which is either dehydration or injury or illness, or most often it's your cat. So the two biggest predators that urban bats have is humans and then cats. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a bat is in your house, it, it doesn't really want to be there, and ideally it would like to get out as soon as possible. Uh, the best thing to do if the bat appears to be uninjured, in other words, if it's attached to like a wall or a curtain or if it's you know hanging from some kind of a high-up surface, is turn all the internal lights off and turn all your external lights on to attract bugs and then leave all the doors and windows open. And the bat will find its way to the light, to the bugs and outside. Hmm. But if the bat is not leaving or clearly appears to be injured or is on the ground, so a grounded bat is in trouble. They can't get airborne from a prone position. Mm-hmm. They don't lift. They drop. Yes. Yeah, so, so I was actually going to ask you about that. Is that uh, that's how bat, bats, it's, bats are more like uh, hang gliders of Table Mountain than airplanes taking off from, Correct. from they an airport. They can't take off. They Correct. can only drop, drop off. off and, yeah. and, and fly. Okay. So if a bat's on the ground, it's in, it's in trouble. And the best thing to do is to get an oven glove or a welding glove or any kind of a glove. Um, put that in your non-dominant hand. Use a, a towel with your other hand and pick it up as if it were a hot potato. Don't squeeze too hard. They're very, very, very delicate. Mm-hmm. And take it straight outside. Open up the cloth or the towel and hold it as high as you can get your hand into the air. And it will, if it's uninjured, fly away. Uh, don't try and feed it anything. Don't try and give it water. Please don't keep it in your house. Um, a, a solo bat will die of loneliness. They need each other to regulate their body temperature. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. But if your cat has caught it and it's got a broken wing or there's blood or there's puncture marks, you need to call a rehabber. Um, yeah, and there are all sorts of... Of emergency numbers that I can share with you in a second. Okay, so so there are options if you um, if you if you ha- do have um, that kind of an issue. Um, do, is is this something that you you do? Like you you bring <laughs> you bring in you you, you you have a husband who and, and he comes home to find injured bats just in the house no, being rehab. They aren't no. they aren't just in the house. I have two cats. So. <laughs> okay, so that, that's some, somewhat so of a problem. They don't fly around uh, unsupervised. Also, if a bat is in rehab, it's in rehab for a reason, so it won't be flying around at all because it'll be getting first aid. Okay, um, and the injuries are usually wing related. So most of the bats that I have in rehab are not. Uh, flying unsupervised um, When I have babies They aren't flying either Not unsupervised okay. My husband will come home And we will announce That we had three And now they are four Or we had twelve And now they are fifteen But he doesn't bat an eyelid anymore <laughs> he's, he's gotten used to that Has he? Yeah Okay So so that is that. Now, let's talk a little bit About the The 
the, the quite complex social organization of the bats and their communication structures. I think that is quite famous, but it's also, um, you know, quite remarkable. So how do bats actually communicate with one another and, and fly around, get their prey, that sort of thing? Uh, so bats, there's, look, I'm, I speak predominantly about, about microbats, the little, right. the little jobs. So African uh, bats, microbats. African bats. only microbats mostly. Right. Okay, uh, so that is sort of where my, my knowledge sits. Um, but all bats can echolocate. Sometimes the noise comes from the nose and sometimes it comes from the mouth, depending on the species. They echolocate at a frequency that is too high for most humans to hear. So when we are extremely young, when we are babies, we can hear at very high frequencies and then that gets worse as we get older. So a five-year-old will be able to hear a lot, a 12-year-old less, an 18-year-old less, and then us significantly less. So we usually can't hear them when they talk to each other, but you can see their mouths moving. So it looks like they're shouting silently. Um, and, 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 I mean, am I wrong that sometimes you hear squeaking or something? Yes, so that's, um, that's not them talking to each other, that's mm. them talking to you. Uh, which is mostly go away and leave me alone. Correct, okay. which is I don't like your cat or why are you touching me or please, you know. Just don't do that. Yeah. Um, so the squeaking is, is distress or they're telling you they want something. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, fine. So, okay, so that's a, so, Mostly they talk to themselves. Mostly you can't hear them, especially as you get older. If they are talking to you, you have a problem. Um, <laughs> and how does, so how does it actually work? So, okay, so you can't hear it, but it's actually, the whole echo phenomenon is absolutely fascinating how they, it they is. bounce it off the walls and whatever to get a sense about how Very things look. Yeah. So what they will do is, a, let's say a bat is chasing a mozzie. Um, the bat will bounce a frequency off the nearest large surface, which will Bounce off the mozzie Or it'll bounce off the mozzie back to the bat And then the bat can tell how far away everything is mm -hmm. The window, the door, the tree, the mozzie um, And that's how they sort of reinforce Their sight which is already good But they can hear where the mozzie is And how to get to it They also speak to each other in dialects So colonies or roosts have their own dialects A mother can recognize the voice of her babies The babies can recognize the voice of their mothers They can find their families I saw a fas fascinating study project something in in tel aviv university where they're using sort of ai machine learning to try and figure out the language so to speak of the bats um, i don't know if they want to talk to them or, or whatever but uh, <laughs> uh it's uh it sounds like that is an absolutely uh, fascinating element in trying to understand the, the animal communication certainly in israel um there is a huge rehab community one of the best in the world the israeli bat sanctuary mm -hmm. they are definitely one of the leading um, organizations when it comes to bat rehab, rescue, um, first aid, awareness creation. They are quite, quite amazing and it's worth following them on Facebook if you have an interest. Their videos are epic. Um, but so I wouldn't be surprised to hear that there's solid research going on in Israel. Very interesting. Mavis R R Rosenstein has actually just asked this question, um, about the issue of, of bats and hair. So Mavis, we, we did cover that one. Uh, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Um, it's not an issue. So it should be uh, fantastic. We are talking to, uh, Tiffany Markman, she's a batologist. Uh, <laughs> there's no such thing as a batologist. There's no such thing as a I feel no, like there should be. Though. There isn't. And I'm no. not even a chiropterologist. No, just, no, no just, just, uh. I'm just a, just a rehabber. Just a rehabber. Bat yeah. rehabber. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> she insists. Um, you can SMS us any questions because she definitely knows more than any of us. 34519 on the SMS line. Telegram 0618951019. So if you want to see bats, not just 
outside in Perlos or something. Uh, do people go, I mean, I know of like caves in, in Phoenix, Arizona or, or somewhere where, where you, people, or bridges where people will just go so that they like coming out. Yeah. Is, is that, Kind of a phenomenon that people go and see here in South Africa? Uh, not in South Africa so much, but certainly in Zambia, there's the Kasanka National Park, which has a massive migration of straw-colored fruit bats annually. That is really worth getting to if you can. I mean, you can combine it with a normal safari, but I would go totally for the bat safari, which is apparently epic. Um, so that's in Zambia. Uh, and the, the two really famous ones are the largest, the largest rural bat uh, preserve is in uh, Bracken Cave in Texas, mm. and the largest urban is the Congress Avenue Bridge in Austin, Texas. Okay, fine. So I was you were geographically. I mean, Texas is a big place, but it you is. know, still. <laughs> uh, okay, so so that and, and but, all right. So you can't see the big migrations here, but I'm assuming if you want to go see bats, I mean, I've definitely seen them at Kruger, at uh, some of the parks that we have. Now, as we start going into summer, so mm. now sort of middle to end of September, October, if you can get anywhere hi- quite high up. Um, like Northcliff Ridge or, you know, like the, the, the deck at the Hyde Park Hotel or, um, you know, if you can get park more where I live is a valley. So it's quite hard to see them. But if you can get anywhere near to Northcliff Ridge from a, a particularly good vantage point between six and six thirty PM, you will see bats in the sky. Um, and if you think they're birds, birds don't fly at night. It's a good, uh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Very, very nice. Um, so, okay. So those are, those are some things. Uh, Tiffany, you actually, you know, you do this, uh, as an educational thing. You go to schools, you go to shuls, you go to... <laughs> I've never been to a shul. You've been to a shul? Well, Not that I wouldn't go to one, but I've, that, that request has never come in. It's mostly well, schools. <laughs> listen, bats are mentioned in the Bible. So, um, I'm in, I'm in. So I'm if in. you have a shul or a school, how, um, first of all, how can people get hold of you, um, to, uh, to, 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 to talk or to engage, particularly kids, so they can learn more about this? Uh, yeah, let's start there. So better for kids not to contact me okay. <laughs> directly. Uh, it would be good to have a teacher or, or some kind of an educator give me a shout so we can organize a talk uh, in Joburg. Um, I can talk anywhere, but I can only bring the bats to the school in Johannesburg. Okay. Um, so that's Tiffany at tiffanymarkman.co.za. Um, yeah, so best not, not for the kids to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm unlikely to go out at the request of a child. Um, just also to bear in mind that bats are not pets. Mm-hmm. They are not entertainment. I don't do birthday parties. <laughs> um, so talking yeah, and, and email. There's Kathy in the talking of bat ladies. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, so yeah, that would be the best way to reach me for a school talk okay. or a shul talk. Um, I also do talks for sort of Boys Town and Girls Town, teen organizations. I'll happily talk to adults, uh, especially where there's cultural youth, stuff. And, youth camps. Yeah. If there's fear, you know, I'll talk to anyone. Okay. Um, and then if someone f- – that we, we discussed finding a bat um, in your house, so like you, you rescue organizations, people that uh, you can be in contact with if you're uh, wanting to, to deal with, with, with right. that. Right. I'm going to give you a WhatsApp number. So give us a WhatsApp number, but also in emergency situations, I imagine people want to be like, oh, my word, who do I Google? Okay, so, so this is actually an emergency number that is, instead of Googling, it's okay, quicker. fine. Um, but I just have to find it. So, all right, so while you're looking, while you're looking for that, uh, you, the bats that you actually brought in today, first of all, give us their names because <laughs> that's very important. Right, so in, in order of size from largest mm-hmm. to smallest, mm-hmm. we have Daphne. Okay. Then we have Debbie. Okay. And then we have Leslie. Okay, very nice. And these are very silly names. Um, we have traditionally named all of our rescue bats after characters from the Oceans movies. Wow. Okay, yeah, but so 11, 12. 
13 and 8. But that only gives you a certain number of bats that you could possibly rescue. At some point, I think we will then have to go beyond the Oceans movie to maybe John Wick or... Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so now <laughs> we know. Uh, and, and, and these are all bats that, that uh, were injured in different ways, wing injuries, finger injuries. So actually all injured in, in similar ways. Okay. Um, these bats were all cat catchers, all three. Mm-hmm. Um, Daphne was a cat catch um, and has a, a, a wing injury severe enough that she's not quite mobile yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two more significant injuries. So they are in currently in long-term rehab as opposed to just being looked after for a few weeks. And, and typically what will happen is if you can rehab it, you just let them go and they'll go back to their friends. Uh, yes, family. but you have to take them to within 50 meters where you, of where you got them from. Okay. Otherwise they can't find their friends. Amazing. Yeah. Right. So we keep very good records of where, where they know, were found. Yeah. And we try and take them back to that exact place if the owners or, you know, the, the property owners are happy. Right. So it, you find a bat. Who do you talk to? Alrighty. So the National Bat Rescue Number. This is not for emergencies. This is just for help. I'm not sure what to do, but the bat is not necessarily injured. Okay. Let's just find it. The National Bat Rescue Number. Yes, the National Bat Rescue Number. But, of course, it's much harder to find the number now that I need to find it. <laughs> but is is there like a, a bat association in South Africa? There are multiple bat associations in South Africa. Okay. Um, the one that I belong to is Gnorbig, which is the Gauteng North Bat Interest Group. <laughs> okay. Um, and I work under Batman GP, which is based in Kempton Park. The largest one is in KZN, Bats KZN. So I'm going to give everybody... The number for Kirsten, who is the the goddess of bat rehab. She's based in KZN, but she'll give you the best possible advice. 076-263-3114. Okay, so repeat that again. 076-263-3114. That's KZN. And in Gauteng, the best person to contact is Sharon. So she's my sort of boss. Mm Mm-hmm. 082-553-5258. And, and she's part of this Gnorgeb, what? <laughs> Gnorbig. What, the, the North Gauteng? Gauteng North, uh, Bad Interest Group. Gauteng North Bad Interest Group. Well, there we go. That, uh, is, uh, I think a great place to leave it. Tiffany, thank you so much, uh, for joining us on the show today. Been absolutely fa- uh, fa- just fascinating and, and super interesting. And uh, I hope that uh, you get to speak to more people uh, about the importance of bats for uh, ecosystems and just for uh, the incredible diversity that they offer our, our animal population. Thank you. Thanks for having us again. The girls are awake now. Okay. Well, we'll we, we, we're going to take a break. I'm going to take some pictures with, with these <laughs> girls. Uh, and then uh, we'll be back just after this.